we know that we are compelled by Christ to move beyond just these four walls as a church. And we want to be a church that continues to look beyond our walls with the love of Jesus to bless the socks off this community. And as a church, we feel led to be a church that is for the good of our city. You guys, I'm Bill Stevens. I'm the lead pastor here. It is so fun to have you guys here today. Um, I have to admit, it's good for me to be here today. I've been, I've been sick. Uh, I've been kind of in my bed for the whole week. I'm just starting to come out of it. So if I don't shake your hand afterwards because my hands are freezing because I cannot control my temperature on my body right now. Um, but here's what happens. When you have a week that you get to, uh, that you're preparing a sermon in bed, um, you have time to work on that. And then you have time to reflect and reflect on, on just the things that we've been talking about. And I've been sitting in this for a little bit. I've been sitting in this idea that we've had around this, this the, the, the topic of, of um, it's more than us and what a generous love looks like. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about how, how a lot of times we look at generosity as a noun that we, it's our generosity box and we just put stuff in it. And a lot of times the only thing we can think about is money, but I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about all the different ways that we can be generous in our life. And, and a lot of times we put our time, treasure, and talent, we put the extras into that box, our generosity box, and then we give out the little bit that we put in and we operate out of a position of scarcity. And, and so I talked about that, that that's never our best. When we're operating out of a position of scarcity, you give, but you're giving going, but it better look like this. You give and you just go, there's a string attached to this. It, it, it better, it, you better respond to what I want. And we, never, we don't operate very well out of a position of scarcity, but we've been talking about what it looks like to, to, to use generous as an adjective or an adverb. We use generous as as a generous love, a generous heart, that it describes something far greater that instead of being out of, out of scarcity, it's out of the abundance of what God has put in and that we live our life that way. And so as I sat and thought about that, I'm sitting there going, this is, that's the character of Jesus. We saw it all the time. We saw Jesus and his heart for people and how generous his love was for everybody. Remember, we, we talked about that Greek word, splagnizomai, and, and it's a, it's a, it's a, splagno means the internal organ. So splagnizomai was his, his compassion that he had for everybody from the depths of who he was. And it was for everybody. It wasn't just for, for the, the people that loved him. It was for the people that hated him. It wasn't just for the people that believed in him. It was the people that had doubted him. But he poured out this love on people. And, and I th I've, I, it, what I sat and thought about is, is I thought, God, what if this wasn't just words that I'm sharing on a Sunday that we can listen and say, okay, that's good. And we just kind of move on with our days. What if we actually let generous lead our love? What if we recognize the love that God has, the abundant love that God has placed on all of us, and we actually live our lives daily in every situation, every engagement, and we're going, and I want to be generous with that love. What if, what if when you look at Jesus and his character, he was, it was more than, it was, it was his grace that he was generous with. It was his forgiveness that he was generous with. What if we followed Jesus 
And we're going, I'm going to be generous with forgiveness. Not just I'm going to try to forgive, but I'm going to be generous with forgiveness. Just sitting there, I was just laying in bed going, can you imagine if, if we were generous with our words and we actually started out in the morning going, God, help me to be generous with my words and help me to be the first to say I'm sorry. Help me the first to say I forgive you. What if that really was the way we truly operated, the way Jesus operated every day? Beth, last week, you guys, that was the first time she had preached in the time that she has been here at Ascent, and she knocked it out of the park. I mean, let's thank her for what she did last week for all you guys that were here. Beth talked about a generous posture. And she said, you know, and, and I loved as I sat and listened to it, I loved it because I'm picturing so many of us, this is our posture. And even with church, it's like, man, if, it, if, if you don't do it the way I want you to do it, then, then I'm threatening to leave it. That sometimes can be our posture. If it's not, it doesn't look the way I want it to look, if it doesn't feel the way I want it to feel. We do that in our days, you know, with the, with the way we choose to live life versus the way somebody else does. We, the way we, the, the way, the, our opinion versus somebody else's opinion. And we choose to live it with a, with a posture of this is, I'm standing on this. And, and Beth basically invited us to open our arms up and say, I want to learn. I want to, I want to grow. I want to understand somebody else's opinion and the way that what, what they're, how they're choosing to, to, to see something. And then we open our arms up to that. That's a generous posture. And that's what Jesus, I mean, think about the disciples when Jesus was talking to that woman at the well. It was a, she was a Samaritan woman and she was, a, she was a, a woman, a woman and a Samaritan. And the disciples had to be sitting there going, I cannot believe Jesus is talking to her. And Jesus is going, man, I need you guys to learn something here. I need you to change your posture. I need you to learn. What if we did that? I was re reading Richard Foster's Celebration of Discipline, and he said, he said that even worship, worship, we can have a generous heart in worship. And then when he started describing, I'm going, oh my gosh, he's describing me. How many times have I ever come into church, and the first thing you're going is, now who's preaching, and, and it better be the one I like, you know? How many of you have done that? I know y'all would rather listen to John right now, but hey, it better be the one I like. I mean, how many times have you said that, especially for in our church where it's a teaching team that we use? How many times have you seen a, a guest worship leader and you're going, oh, it's, I can't sing if it's not Whit. If it's not Whitney singing, I can't sing. How many of you have ever done that? Temperature is too hot in here, too cold in here. I can't see because there's a post in the way. I mean, we'll, we'll have all kinds of thoughts about about worship. Richard Foster says, what if instead we walked into the room and maybe we got here 10 minutes early? Now that would be a stretch for a cent, you know, for sure. <laughs> what if we actually came in and we prayed for the empty seat next to us? And I am not saying pray that nobody sits in it so I have more elbow room. <laughs> but that we actually prayed for the person that would sit next to us. What if we prayed for the person that walked in by themselves? And you, and you sat there and you said, I'm going to pray for that person that walked in. And maybe I might even do something weird. I might get up and go sit with them. What if we prayed for that family that just, just did, had no time to brush their hair and brush their teeth and 
came in here all haggard. What if we prayed for that family when you walked in? What if you prayed for the pastor that's right now shaking a little bit and has back sweat? What if you prayed for him? <laughs> it's generous. It's generous worship. And I started thinking more about that, and I started thinking, what about generous prayer? If we're thinking about generous leading out and being the adjective or the adverb that describes a heart, what would it look like to have generous prayer, to be a generous prayerer? Can you do that? Now, I, I, I know when you step into something like prayer, we just go, well, I, we're not very good at it. So if I'm not very good at it for myself, I'm not going to be very good at it for somebody else. That we, uh, we step into prayer and we just go, man, I tried it. It didn't work. I don't know if I, I, I have too many doubts when I pray. I pray and, and, and I start and then I, and then I just start thinking about the dishes that need to get done. And so I forget about it. I say the wrong things. I don't pray long enough. I pray for 30 seconds and fall asleep. I mean, I, I pray in my car and then someone cuts me off and I'm swearing at them. And I'm going, well, there goes that prayer. We all do those kinds of things. But a lot of times we then approach it then with a scarcity of going, this stinks. What if we approach prayer with an abundance, a gift that God has given us, so deeply given us as in, in a, to be in relationship with him that we, that we step into that abundance of that relationship and we, we pray even for somebody else as well. That's what I want to talk about a little bit today. I just want to spend some time talking about that. And you guys are wondering, why are all these chairs up here? You'll see in a little bit. Father, I pray this morning that, uh, that in the midst of all that each one of us is going through, that you would speak to us today. And this one, you've given us a gift in prayer and very few of us get it. And so would you speak to us about something so intimate and, and so important in your, on your heart. Help us to understand that too. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 2,000 years ago, you guys, a, gr a, a group of people walked with Jesus, okay? When they walked with Jesus, one of them had the courage to ask Jesus, hey, how do you pray? I mean, you could picture the other disciples going, oh man, don't ask that. Now he's going to give a big old sermon about prayer and I don't need to hear it. He just said, how do you pray? We see how you do it and you do it so different than the way we do it. You, you, you just talk. It's like you're talking to one of us. You, you address God in a different way. It seems so personal. You don't go on and on. And we've been taught to go on and on. These are people that have known how to pray their entire life. And yet one of them had the courage to walk up. How many of you guys have ever asked somebody, teach me how to pray? One of those disciples walked up to Jesus and said, I've been doing this my whole life, but you, I see something different in you. Will you teach me how to pray? And so Jesus starts this conversation with them and he does it the way he always does it, different than the way we would expect. He says, he says this, he says, all right, all right, here you go, you guys. When you pray, don't be like those guys. You see those religious leaders over there? He calls them hypocrites, man. He's, not, he's straightforward. For they love to pray standing in their synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. He's going, you see those guys over there? You see how they're trying to impress you and impress God with all their great words that they say? 
Jesus is basically saying to him, look, you guys, you cannot impress God with your prayers. You're not going to impress him. No matter what you say, it's not going to impress him. He doesn't approach conversation with, gosh, you impressed me with that conversation. He just wants to have conversation. But listen to this too. You cannot disappoint God in prayer. And you got to hear that. Because so many of us will walk away from that 30-second prayer going, that was worthless. Man, did I, I had all the great intention, and that was worthless. You guys, we cannot impress him in prayer, and we cannot disappoint him in prayer. He says, we're missing what we're trying to do here, if that's the way we're approaching it. He says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, people that read that very literally say, so see, you should never pray unless you're in a room with the door shut. But come on, he's not saying that. One, many of the people where they, live in, where they were living didn't have a bunch of rooms. They probably just had one or two. They probably didn't have many doors on those rooms. And so he's going, don't pray there. There's no doors. Come on, Jesus prayed in a garden. Jesus prayed on a mountainside. Jesus prayed on the water. None of those places had doors. So he is not saying only pray where there's closed, in a closed door. He's just saying, will you make it intimate? This is an intimate invitation. Will you make it intimate? Will you spend that time? Connect with him, you guys. Connect with him is what he's saying. So then he says, and, and when you pray, don't keep babbling like the pagans. He's starting to refer to the Romans now because the Romans would pray to their gods and they'd pray for hours and hours saying the same thing over and over again. And they, a lot of them didn't even know what they were saying. Don't keep on babbling like the pagans for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Again, we're not going to impress him. When I was a Catholic kid growing up, man, and they'd put the prayers on the screens, I, would, I, I loved being able to not look at the screens and I could just pray without having to look at the screens and everybody else did. And my high school friends, I thought, man, as I, my showing off to them, look at this. I can just say it. I believe in one God, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And I don't even have to look at the screen to say it. Man, was I impressing God. He was going, that Bill, he's going to be a pastor someday. He's saying, you're not going to impress him, but listen to what he says here. He says, don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. Now, that should bring up something really cool and a big question. <laughs> How cool is it that our father knows what we need before we even ask him? That right now in your life, he knows what you need. He knows the health issue that you want. He knows about the, the sibling that you're praying for. He knows about the kid that you're worried about. He knows what you need. My daughter last night went on a date in Boston from, something, from a, a dating online service, and, and I'm sitting there going, oh, God. He knows what I need. And so he's saying, so there's something powerful about that. Think about that. God knows what you need. And he knows what's going on inside. So then that should bring up a massive question. So why do we pray? If he already knows what I need, why in the world do I pray? And you guys, that's exactly where Jesus wanted his disciples to go to that question. 
They're asking, how do I pray? And he's going, let's talk about why you pray. And you're going to get how you pray. So here's, here's what he says. And many of you guys know this if you spend any time in church. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He's saying right off the bat, pause for just a second. Just pause and recognize the infinite and the intimate. Would you pause for a second and recognize hallowed be your name, the infinite God, our Father is intimate, and he wants that connection with you. The infinite and the, inf- the infinite and the intimate together. He's gone slow down for just a second and recognize that. And then he's, and this is it. This is why. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's going, here's your chance. Surrender. In this moment, with the most intimate things that are on your heart, with where your doubt is, where your questions are, where all your stuff, slow down, recognize the infinite and the intimate, and surrender to them. Your kingdom come, not my kingdom. Your will be done, not my will. And how many times have I prayed and it's just my will, God do it my way, and if God doesn't answer that prayer, then God, you must not be there, when all it was was me praying for my will to be done. And he's going, your, it's your, I'm surrendering this to you. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We've talked about that many times in here. Let's unearth this thing. Jesus wants us to unearth it right now. And this is where it starts to branch out beyond just me. This is kingdom. This is, it's, the, it's outside of these doors. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Outside of these doors, this is in heaven. This is why we care so much for what's happening outside these doors for the good of our city. Because now it starts to branch out. He says, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses or our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All of those are generous prayers. It's saying, God, I see see your provision and your protection and and your pardon in my life. and, And I am surrendering that. And I'm asking for that for me and for everybody else. He's going, that's the why. It's an intimate encounter with an infinite God that wants to be in relationship with you, wants you to surrender it so that you're not just going to God like he's in this, he's just this cosmic vending machine. But instead we say, I want to connect with you. I know what you need. And now I want to connect with you. That's the intimacy of prayer and then that branches out to praying for somebody else. Now listen, I wanted to, um, the, the, the second half of what we're talking about today, it, I, I didn't want to just do this by myself because there's a group of people that have been so committed to this that, that I, I wanted them to share more about what we're talking about. So I want to invite our, our sent prayer team up here. Um, this is a group of people that have, come on up while I'm talking about you guys. This is a group of people that have, um, have spent, have basically said, I want to pray for people. Have basically said, I, 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 I so love the intimacy of prayer that, that I'm going, that I want to, engage in that with God, but then pray for other people in this church. Do you know that most of you, if not, well, all of you at one point or another, because they'll pray for the whole congregation, have been prayed for by this group of people? Now, let me tell you this. They are ordinary. (laughs) You're ordinary, Ben. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're ordinary people. 
You guys, it, this, how, how, uh, how, how uh, uh, I mean, here I am talking about how don't be like the Pharisees. And now look at here's the best religious people that I know. These aren't, these are ordinary people, you guys, but they have engaged in a deep relationship with Jesus and they want to carry that for other people as well. And so this is our prayer team. I so love you guys. Pa this is Polly. Polly and Ben are, are the flimes. Those guys have been in our church since the very beginning when we started our launch of the church. And these two came from another church. They heard about this church plant and said, we need to go help them. And 10 years later, you're still here helping us. This is BJ. How long have you been coming to us now, BJ? About a year and a half. A, a year and a half. And so how dare you already get on the prayer team after just a year and a half? No, BJ, like, she just jumped right onto the prayer team. This is Miss Lauren. Lauren has been on the prayer team. She is now the prayer pastor for our church. She leads all of these guys. This is Peggy. Peggy Lewis and her husband, Dennis Lewis. Dennis is the chair of our, of our board uh, for our church. And Peggy walks these chairs every Sunday praying for you guys, every Sunday. You heard about Ben. This is Kathy Naram. Kathy is, is on our board. And, and Kathy and Frank have just had their hands in lots of different parts of this church. Mary Windhausen. I mean, you see Charles up here playing the, uh, what's he playing? Huh? The fiddle. Uh, he's, he's like uh, the little house in the prairie. He's up here playing the fiddle. Uh, Mary, Mary has just been, uh, has been a part of tons of different parts of this church. And Mel's, man, Mel's challenges me. She, it, weekly, she challenges me. And she, I just love her heart and, and her heart with, with, and her passion uh, for prayer. You guys, this is our prayer team. And I wanted them to be up here so that I could ask them some questions about this. How, how do you approach this? And I'm not going to, don't worry, you're going, oh my gosh, each one of them are going to talk. They're all not going to talk, so don't worry about that. Miss um, Lauren... As our prayer pastor, when I talk about intimate and infinite, what's been your journey with the infinite and the intimate with prayer? I'm very happy you asked me that, Bill. <laughs> you stole a lot of my thunder in your preamble. <laughs> you can repeat it if you want. I'd be honored. <laughs> in my early childhood, I was labeled the kid that talked too much. When I went to elementary school, I got punished for talking too much. So I associated a negative consequence with using my voice. I don't know about you, but that happened to me. And I started to learn how to squelch it, to quiet it, because I was embarrassed by it, because obviously it upset people. As I walked through life, I learned how to cope by running. I'm a good runner, or was. <laughs> I could do anything running and feel so free. Then I gave my heart to Jesus. I responded in an unconventional way when I heard the invitation that Jesus wanted to take my sin and carry my weight and my burdens, I got up from my chair and ran, because that's what I'm good at. <laughs> and I ran to the altar, and the only thing that stopped me was a wall. I cried. I never said a prayer. I gave my life to Christ in that moment. And that moment, the infinite God touched me so deeply. And I said, Lord, I'm so glad that you took my sin away, but I'm so sad for all my friends and my family. What about them? Immediately, here I am, pleading, can you help them? They need help. And the intimate God said, yes, I can do that. And I said, I want to start, Lord God, not from the back of the pack. I know what running from the back requires, and I'm at the back. I was in my early 30s. I'm running from the back. I want to run to the front, download in my heart what it means.
to sit with you, to be in your presence. I need it all. Download it quick, Lord, because I'm coming in late, and I want to win this race. So he did. He sent me to a church. There was a bulletin that said, come and pray with us at this time. I found the room. I sat down in an empty chair, and I heard the melody, the rhythm, the power. Oh, my God, I was so impressed with what was going on in the room. I instantly said, you don't belong here. You will never pray like them. You need to leave. Immediately, I disqualified myself. Then the Holy Spirit, smarter than me, thank God, said, sit here, rest, close your eyes, take that posture. And then God showed me a vision. What? He showed me a map of the United States in the form of a sheet, little tiny flames coming up from the bottom of the sheet. On the other side are pillars with busts of faces of distinct men and women that I had no clue who they were. I'm sitting here like opening my eyes, squinting, looking around the room. Anybody else seeing what I'm seeing? No, they were unbothered. I went home and I said, Lord, what was that about? He said, remember that, that time you gave your heart to me? He said, download quickly. This is a prophetic way of prayer. Hmm. I'm showing you what already is and what yet is coming. And I'm inviting you, Lauren, your voice. I need your voice. I love your voice. I'm a good shepherd, and the sheep know my voice, and I know theirs. That took the shame that was attached earlier, right away. Sitting in the intimacy in his word and in his presence, allowing him space to heal me, to ask me and invite me to be a co-laborer, to show me, to inform my prayers. I said, God, this is beautiful. I got jealous all the time with him. <laughs> I didn't want nobody calling me, talking to me, knocking on the door. I wanted to be with him, learn his character, learn about the courageous people, Paul and Moses and Abraham, and how they prayed for people. And God said, courage is not always big and loud. Courage sometimes is still and quiet. Hmm. Hmm. He taught me how to hush when I need to. He taught me how to break through when I need to. He taught me my heart to break like his breaks over situations and families hmm. in the world, in local churches, in the big state churches, for your children, for my God, children. God is so good. And he's so intimate, and he invites us into the process of your kingdom come, Lord God. Your will be done. Sure, I brought my agenda. Always did. <laughs> but he changed my heart posture hmm. to say, your will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. Hmm. And it gives me great joy to be in his presence on your behalf and the behalf of whatever he lays hmm. my heart. I love that, Lauren. And, and the, what's fun about Miss Lauren is that her prayer journey included, like when she says, I heard God say. And some of you maybe have never heard that voice and, and, and you know, a vision. And maybe you've never had a vision, but that's okay. That's part of the journey, your journey that's different than Miss Lauren's journey. And that's where Miss Lauren is so great at walking with you in your journey, uh, which she calls the journey to amen that we'll talk about in a little bit. Ben, you... Um, 
I've known Ben for 10 years now, and I know you've, you've had challenges in your life, and I know that a lot of those challenges have, have led to even some doubts and questions and struggle in your own faith and in your prayer life. Will you take us a little bit on that journey? Yes, thank you, Bill. My journey, well, let, let me backtrack. I was raised Catholic just like Bill was, <laughs> and I memorized those prayers. But there was a little bit different in mine. I, I grew up in an Italian family, and when my grandmother would come to pray, she'd pray in Italian. So I had no clue what was going on. But we went, you know, we went through everything, and uh, it took a long time, many, many years, to find out that I did not have that relationship with God. And uh, I came to Him through prayers, through the struggles that, that I had. And I think I've shared that here a uh, num number of times, uh, even made a video way back when. But I was in, I had a, a, a bad alcohol addiction and I just turned and ran from God. I hated God, I didn't want anything to do with him. And, uh, and yet I knew that there was people praying for me. My mom told me every single day that she was praying for me. And then Polly came into my life and I knew somebody was praying for me. Mm. She's, she is one heck of a prayer warrior. But anyway, I was just stubborn. I was telling myself, I can do this. But I discovered that God, Jesus, was just sitting there waiting. He was still pursuing me, but he was not going to grab me by my throat hmm. and say, listen here, if you want to be saved, if you want to get over this, listen to me. So he let me, he let me muddle along. And anyway, I finally got to the end of myself. And that's when I saw the beginning of God hmm. was at the end of myself. Uh, so yeah, I believe in prayer. I've, he's done incredible miracles in my life. So many that uh, I'm sad to say that I've forgotten some of them, and, but I'm gently reminded on occasion that remember when kind of thing. And uh, I remember when Lauren came up and asked for prayer many, 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 many years ago, right over here. And I'd never laid eyes on her before. And she, she had a pretty long list, as I recall. <laughs> and the whole time, and I think, this, this, I think this is important for people to hear that just because you, you say you want to pray with someone or for someone, it isn't saying that I know exactly what you need. And there's been many, many times that I've, I've, I've sat with people, and there's many of you in here that I've prayed with for over the years, and I'm just so humbled and privileged to be able to do that. But there's countless times that I, I listen, and I go, all right, dear Lord, what, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? And honestly, there's been so many of those situations that I finish praying and I walk out and I am totally clueless mm. as to what I prayed because it was truly a Holy Spirit thing. It was mm. just God, you know, I'm saying, I'm your vessel, I'm here, you know, do your thing. And I discovered over time that uh, prayers don't get answered the way that you want them to be answered. We've, we walked with a 
a young woman here for years and years and years, and uh, she's now, it is a miracle because she is with the Lord. She's perfect. She's whole. She's with Jesus. And that's, that's the promise that we have that no matter what, uh, he's got us now and he, and he, has, and he has us then. And the, the last thing that I'll say is that uh, uh, when people say that's all I can do is pray, that's a joyful moment for me because it's like, okay, Lord, it's me and you. Let's, you know, let's, let's do this thing. And there was a devotional that I uh, have, have read for a number of years off and on, and it's Oswald Chambers. And one of the things that, that he had on a particular day says, we look upon prayer simply as a means of getting things for ourselves, but truly the biblical purpose is that we get to know God himself. Hmm. And that's what prayer has done for me. Yeah, yeah. Peggy, you, similar to, to, to Ben, challenges in your life, but it actually led you to pray for other folks as well. And so give us a little bit of that story. Well, in my life journey, I've had some, <clears throat> some pretty hard bumps. In my early 20s, I lost my first child, and that was very hard. And subsequent to that, I went through a divorce after a very rocky marriage, and that was also very hard. But it was during this time of my life that God put someone in my life to walk with me, to pray with me, and to pour into me, uh, a spiritual mentor. And it was during this time that I found breakthrough in that place of prayer. I found healing, I found forgiveness, I found release, uh, the ability to trust again. And as I stepped into that and received that inner healing for my own life, I found that God began to put other people in my pathway and mm. in my life. And I began to be able to share some of what he had given to me with them. And it was, uh, it was a, a real healing time for me that I continued to receive my healing as I walked with and prayed for others. And then he gave me the scripture that showed me why that was happening. And that's in Isaiah 58. And it says, if we choose to walk with others, loosing the bonds of wickedness and undoing the straps of the yoke, which, by the way, we do those things through prayer, if we are helping to meet the needs of others, then God will cause our light to break forth and our healing to spring up. And that was my experience, is that as I no longer focused on myself, and my needs, but focused on who God put in my pathway, then I began to just continue to grow mm. and receive that healing. And it's, it was a lot like uh, with Job. And, you know, God asked Job to pray for his friends, you know, those friends that hadn't given him really great counsel. Uh, but as Job was obedient, when Job prayed for his friends, then God restored his fortunes. So there really is uh, a benefit there waiting for us. If you've been waiting to step into that place of prayer for someone else, I just urge you to go ahead and do it. We all have something to give away if we've been walking with God because he's given it to us. Ah, so good. Thank so you. good. Kathy, um, you are, gosh, Kathy is a mom. She is a, a grandma. She is a therapist. She's a wife. Um, she's on our board, so she's super invested in our church. 
Um, there are a lot of people in your life, including yourself, that you could be praying for. A couple of things. First, when I first started talking to you about this, you, you talked about kind of the, the, the struggle with the question, does, does prayer work? Um, talk to me a little bit about that. Just when, when people say, I don't know if prayer works. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I think that there's pressure when we say prayer has to work. And there is, um, yeah, a lot of pressure. And it's not about working. I think about prayer as relating to my best friend, to, to Jesus, having walked with Jesus and known Jesus and cried and laughed. And it's a relationship. And I get to come before Jesus with that. And I just think about, you know, with friends that we have, you don't think about, is this relationship is this talk working, right? And, and when you talk with your best friend, you don't say, do I have the right script, right? Do I have the right words? Is this because you just flow with them. You've done life with them. You've laughed with them. You've cried with them. So um, I have, it's taken a while to overcome that. You know, does it work? Like there's this outcome that has to happen, which is not relational, which is not connection, which is um, all that prayer is about is coming before the living God in wanting to be in relationship and wanting that connection. And I think it evolves. I mean, I've got the Catholic background, too, where you got to do it right and, and so, for so long and say the right things. And the prayer that has evolved over years has happened over heartbreak and over joy and over walking with other people, too, in that. And it evolves. And that relationship grows with God. And um, it's an honor and a privilege to be in the presence of other people who are hungry for that as well. Mm -hmm. There's nothing, there's no magic. <laughs> there's nothing that we do. It is Jesus and Jesus alone being in his presence, knowing his love, knowing his provision, knowing how much he cares. And we all get to experience that. I've got to hold like this to Jesus, and then I can hold like this to my grandbabies or people who are depressed and anxious and really struggling or any conversation that wants to be had. Um, you know, when we pray up front, I don't think anybody's come up and said, I'm so excited. I just wanted to tell you and I want to pray with you. <laughs> people come up because they're struggling. Yeah. And we need connection. We need to walk this life together and have safe safety and safe places to be able to share what we're carrying and what we're going through. And the only way I can do that is with Jesus. There's hmm. just no way. <laughs> How, what do does it look like when, for, as a therapist? And you, you, you're walking with people that are going through some things that you know will take years yeah. at times for, to see some real healing from. So what's your prayers like when you know that it's going to take a while? That's a great question because you're sitting on the fence. You want so much for healing and relief. And why did God have his people go 40 years through the desert, right? Why, why does God take the time that he does? I don't know, but I do know God. <clears throat> I knew the character and his faithfulness and his goodness, and I just keep up coming. Just keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. And, uh, you know, I do. It, it's hard sometimes to carry or to walk with someone who is really struggling, and we need one another. Again, I need prayers for that, too, because yeah. it's not me. It's, it's Jesus, and I'm human, and I, I need my brothers and sisters um, and to be rooted and grounded again, again and again and again in the God who loves me and loves whoever I'm walking with. I love that. All right, back to you, Miss Lauren. Um, okay, uh, you guys are all over 35. I, I see that. And, uh, and uh, just yes. barely with each of you. And, um, what are you saying? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying Chris stood up here today and said, we love intergenerational 
so is there an age that you finally figure it out and now you can be someone that prays for other people? Yeah. And I just want to let you know that we have younger generations in the room. <laughs> I recognize that there are children in this room right now that have the gift of prayer. And we want you to know that as parents of those beautiful children, uh, middle schoolers, high schoolers, um, college students, we are here to support you as they exercise their prayer muscles. We choose topics each month that relates to people where they're walking in that wilderness, parenting, um, or transitioning parents. Um, all the things, we're doing that today. Talking about a season of singleness. How do you hold on when you long to be married? We're talking about marriage. We're talking today and praying into when you're divorced and the aftermath that causes. So. Prayer is for everyone. The Bible says so. He wants everybody to pray. <laughs> so all of us should be praying. Not all of us are called to be on a prayer team particularly. And I think that's fair. So. Yeah, yeah. But all are welcome to our Journey to Amen events that we have on the third Sunday of every month, which happens to be today. So we're talking about that, the journey to amen. That's today. That's every th the third Sunday of the month. There's other, we, we, there's ways that you can either get prayed for. In fact, will you put that on the screen too? Just kind of the, what, what's on our website when it comes to, um, to see, so you go to the prayer page and you just, you, you can share a prayer request. Are you uh, confidential? I'm assuming, yes. right? We're not going to be announcing that in front of the no, church. <laughs> no, 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 that's no. why we're up here. Yes. <laughs> okay. But when you hit that link, send your prayer request, it's confidential. You have an immediate choice to be anonymous. Right then and there, on that page, you don't have to put any other information but the prayer request. It's confidential. Now, if you choose that you want someone to connect with you and follow up on that prayer request, you can do that too. Right then and there. It's up to you. You get a choice. You're not invasive. We're not invasive it's very private, okay? Yeah. And you can come forward for prayer at the end of services, left or right. You, you guys, th this group, I, what I wanted more than anything else today is for you to see, one, this, a, a, a very committed group of people for each of us. They are absolutely committed to our life and the burdens that we carry. I wanted you to see that. I wanted you to see that prayer is accessible and that when, no matter what your background is or your challenges that you've had, that prayer, that, that it, it's not only, these people are not only accessible, but prayer is, and you can too. And you can, you can even ask the question, how do I pray? And who wouldn't, who, you'd want any one of these people to walk with you on how do I pray? And we'd learn that together. This is something that lots of us don't do very well because we don't know what we're doing. And so, well, so, so I want us to lean into that. When you have the chance on a Sunday to come up here in front and pray with one of these people, there's zero judgment. There's zero, oh my gosh, that shocks me. And I don't know what this pray. They're just going to bring that to the Lord in prayer. Here's the thing, you guys. I'll never forget this. Vic Goulas um, was, was one of our people in our congregation. He was, he was dying of ALS. And one Sunday he came up here and it was one of the most powerful Sundays we've ever had in this church. Vic was in his wheelchair up here with me and I just said, will you let us know what life is like as you're struggling through ALS? 
This was about six months before Vic passed away. And so it was a powerful Sunday. And here's what he said. He said, look, in the midst of all of the ALS, he says, he says there were times where I struggled to, 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 one, pray for other people, and two, pray for, for me and my family. I struggled. I was in a position of scarcity. And he says, what I needed was other people that were going to carry that for me. And that would pray for me and be the one that would pray in the abundance of this relationship with God because I had, I had trouble seeing that in that single moment. And so Vic said that and he said, and we got to pray for other people. He said, they had one couple in, the, in, in, their, in their Bible study that was, that was struggling with infertility. And he said, man, we're just going to pray for you guys. And, and he said, let us carry that for you. Let us be the ones that get to sit down with the Lord and, and say, God, I see you and your kingdom come and your will be done because I know right now they can't say those things and it's really hard for them too. And so let us carry that. And I'll never forget this single moment, you guys, at the very end when Vic was up here at that, he looked out at us and he looked at the college students who were sitting in the front row and he pointed at them. And, and back then when he, he struggled with his hands to make them work in the midst of ALS and he pointed at everyone, pointed at the people in the front row, and he says, it matters. It matters. It matters that we see God as infinite and very, very personal. It matters that we surrender to him. And it matters that we carry it with each other. It matters. And that's a generous heart of prayer. And, and, and I, man, I just want our church to be a, a church of just generous prayer people. And when you struggle with it and you don't know what to do, there's a group that's, that's saying, let me walk with you. We haven't figured it all out, but we sure, we sure grab hold of this intimate relationship with Jesus. Let us walk with you in it. Okay? Father, I'm going to pray. Actually, I'm not going to pray. I want Mary to pray. Mary's one of our folks, and she, she, I mean, you pray way better than me. I want you to pray. So, Mary, you pray for us. Lord, um, wow, you just amaze me, and I'm sure most of the people in this room, with your love, your generosity, your compassion, and the fact that you just sent your son to die for us on that cross so that we could have a relationship with you. And that you earnestly, you eagerly wait for us to sit and have a conversation with you. Even if it means that we're yelling at you because we are so hurt. Or whether we're just pouring out tears because we can't get the words out. Or if we're excited about what you've done in our life. You want to hear it all. And it's not for your benefit, but for ours, because you want to use it to change us. Lord, I pray that everyone sitting in here would just have that deep desire to talk to you, even if it sounds goofy and you're doing it out loud, that you would take the moment to talk to him because he wants to hear from you. He wants to hear your heart, your feelings, all of it. Lord, I just pray that you will give them a boldness and a willingness to talk to you, to spend time with you, to read your word and get to know you better so that they will look more like you. In your name, amen. 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 Can we thank our prayer team for their commitment to all of us? Thank you guys. And, and 
just one other quick thing before we sing our last song. You're going to see stickers all around this church that say, pray for it. There was one day I was walking down to the bathroom, because it's a long walk down there, as you know. And I was just thinking about the stuff that's on the other side of that, those tarps and, and the, the construction and everything that's happening. And I'm thinking about our kids' classrooms and what's happening in here. And I just thought, come on, you guys, let's just, let's be people that are generous in prayer. Let's walk away. When you see those, some of those tarps and instead of going, I sure hope it's the way I want it to be, we just pray for it. Pray for whatever God is doing and you would see it and go, I'm going to pray that your will be done and your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And then we would see that in this building and we'd see that out there and pray for each other and pray for that empty seat that even wasn't here today. Okay, you guys?